your news, your entertainment, your business. We're on a mission from God. This is the Rich Rothman Show. Good afternoon. This is Rich Rothman. It's the Rich Rothman Show. We're on 1360 WKAT, and I'm with Wanda. Amen. And there she is, Wanda Miles. I'm a little wet. She is a little. I didn't. She's not a little wet. We're gonna have a uh, report. Goodness we're, gracious. Pretty soon, we're gonna have the fishing report from downtown <laughs> Coral Gables. We'll be there in just a few minutes. Agent Captain Allen. Uh, Captain yeah. Allen. This is. They're gonna have Captain Allen here talking about the fish. Because uh, they're just all over the bloody place. I've never seen it like this before. Must be the global warming trend that we're having. I think we're sinking already. No, this is uh, Rich Rothman. We're on uh, 1360. And you can catch us at our website, uh, therichrothmanshow.com, uh, or you can catch us at the station's website, 1360wkat.com, uh, or you can go to iTunes and catch us. Oh, yeah. And speaking of patching, uh, now uh, Captain Allen wants to give us a couple of words about uh, the fish that are uh, that are in downtown uh, Coral Gables. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, the Captain Allen here, it's just, uh, uh, just an unbelievable sight. Uh, first of all, we've never had this before. The salmon are running uh, uh, up Aragon Avenue. I've, I've never seen it in many, many years. Not even a bloody boat anywhere. But uh, the salmon are there, and we got some wahoo out there, uh, just wahooing all over the place. Wahoo! Uh, and some tarpon are going down Miracle Mile. So, uh Got a little problem there. You got to watch out. A lot of people are getting annoyed because uh, these tarpon, they, they pay no attention to the lights uh, whatsoever. I'd like to tell you to drive carefully. There <laughs> is flooding out there. Yeah, seriously. We're, we're making fun of it. It is really bad out right now. So if you're out there, uh, and I see, you see this all the time because a lot of the people in Miami and South Florida uh, actually have it wrong because they see the rain and then uh, they, they think right away they, they should go faster. You know, it's like, hey, it's raining. What, what do I do? No. Oh, I know what I do. I go faster, and then they have accidents, and insurance Love the goes hydroplaning. up. hydroplaning. Yeah, you know, event. you can hydroplane at a very low uh, rate of speed. And, and, of course, to those of you who don't I've remember studying for it, the hydroplaning is when your wheels really aren't on the road. They're on the water. I've done it. It's, it's kind of All of us have done it at one time or nice. another. It's not good, because then when you hit your brakes, you don't stop. Yeah. And sometimes you kind of go sideways. There's nothing like turning full circle on the highway. And and with the tarpon out there, according to Captain Allen, the tarpon, I mean, you got to, they don't understand anything about cars, so they just go wherever the heck they want to go. And uh, so you got to dodge the tarpon. So you got to slow down. Please. Please do that. Because we want you back here next we week. We want you back here because um, we yeah. care about you and we love you and we think of you at all times. Guys, what would traffic be without you? That's right. Without you, there'd be no traffic. Exactly. That's right. So you help make everything about South Florida wonderful. Thanks for all of you out there. But it is a Friday. And um, just to let Wanda know, so I went to the doctor today, Wanda. Oh, did you? Now tell us. I went to the orthopedic surgeon, uh, Dr. Kessler. All right, Dr. Kessler. Kevin Kessler in Fort Lauderdale, who proceeded to tell me, boy, did you screw your arm up. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was really scientific. He said, yeah, I see that all the time. You know what's amazing, Rich? People who do that to themselves don't do it because they're A, working out, or B, they're playing football. That does not when they do it. They do it because they do stupid things, which is what I did. 
Which is why he's employed. That's right. And he's making lots of bucks because I got such a great deal on this chair from Office Depot yeah. that I gave to Gloria. I am so happy I did that because that chair is probably going to cost me somewhere between ten and twelve thousand dollars when we get done with the surgery a week from Monday. Love you, Gloria. So God, no, it's not her fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. I did the stupid thing. So that's the way it goes. So I just want you folks to know I am in a lot of pain right now, and I can't take my pain pills because that would really, first I know, of all, I wish you would. Well, you know how it is. It's like chewing gum. You, you bring fun. it for yourself. You got to bring it for everybody. Yeah. I only have 30 tabs, and they're all mine. We could go for five hours. Doggy downers. I just, <laughs> my favorite, favorite, favorite. Anyway, we're back. What's going on with the show? A lot of stuff is going on with the show today. We have, uh, I'm really excited about the show. First of all, we have Neil Asbury with the Asbury Report. He comes on at what time? About 4.30? Uh, 4.30-ish. 430 430-ish. Is our code. Yeah, that's what we try to do. And, of course, uh, Neil talks about internationalism and trade. And today we're talking about, you know, we, we've been watching these food riots. They were project, projected years ago. People predicted that we were going to have food riots. And we actually had them this year in 30 countries. Hmm. And so we're going to talk about that. a food fight. Uh, no, no, no. I had that, and that's like Animal House. Food okay. fight. Yeah. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. This is not. This is serious stuff. Got it. And, you know, people can't eat, so um, food riding is is kind of out there. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, following Neil. Uh, who do we have following Neil? Wait a minute. N well, I'm brain dead. Nubilina Medina. Yes, we have Nubi. Nubilina. Nubie Elena Nubie Medina. Nubie, see, I never use her last name. Oh. I call her, I've no, called her Nubi for years. Nubie Elena Medina is going to, well, she's going to be here, but she's not going to be here. Yeah. Because we, we got a hold of we her before she got on the road. Yeah, we said, <laughs> you don't want to come on the road no, right now. Don't try. you got to dodge the tarpon. So, no, no, she's staying out where she is in her office, which is out towards Doral. Yeah. And uh, Nubie, I've known Nubie for many, many years. Great right. lady. Really good PR firm. Uh, she uh, is the principal of NMG. Uh, consulting, and, and she also works one of her clients. She has lots of clients, but one of her clients is the Doral Business Council. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Doral Business Council. And all of you that are out there right now in the rain um, and you're stuck in Doral, get, you're going to be there for a while. So just enjoy it. Enjoy the rain. Enjoy it. If you happen to be on uh, 87th, just stop in one of those restaurants I've got out there and stop driving. Take get, get off the road. Think, hey, we need the rain. We need the rain. So This is something we're going to talk about in a bit. Oh, right. Sip of coffee. And then the, the, sip of coffee. And then the, I need that caffeine. And then the real fun that we're going to have later is going to be about uh, Cuba, and we're going to have uh, Cuba. we're going to have uh, T.J. English yes. is going to be here, uh, well via the telephone, of course. Of course. And he wrote a book uh, that's uh, very very exciting. It's called uh, Havana Nocturne. Mm, can hardly wait. No, neither can I. I read the book. It's an exciting book, and it talks about uh, the mafia, the mob in in in, in uh, Cuba. Really? And yeah. They have shocked me. But actually, the mob did control Cuba in the 1940s, 1950s, made a lot of payments to Batista, and uh, probably helped bring about the revolution in, in, uh, in Cuba because it, it really accentuated the badness. There was a lot of badness as a result of the mob, hmm. and we'll go into that with TJ. But, uh, and, of course, the thing that we're going to talk about today relates to the, uh, to the Godfather uh, because one of these scenes in Godfather 2, of course, is the mob moving into Havana and... Jaime Roth is is having a discussion. So uh, with all his mobsters, which actually did occur, and we'll go, we'll discuss that with T.J., who spent you know a lot of time in Cuba, uh, researching this. I'm really excited by that. So it's going to be a great show, and we're up against a, a break right now, aren't we? Uh huh. All right. Well, we're going to be right back, and we'll talk some uh, really good stuff. We have Chris Korch coming on about 4:15 to talk about Obama and his uh, public funding. Not. 
And uh, so you stay right there. This is Rich Roppin, 1360 WKAT. Stay dry. If you'd like to improve and advance your business career and gain insight into developing top leadership qualities, then you need to register for the Skills for Effective Management program at Florida International University. This two-day program, which runs July 14th through July 15th, teaches leaders and prospective leaders how to foster a collaborative team-based business, develop effective skills and strategies that are essential for personal and organizational success. You will gain essential management communication skills created to help optimize outcomes and new methods for enhancing how your employees interact especially in a team environment. Don't miss out on this opportunity to build on your career. To enroll for FIU's Skill for Effective Management program starting July 14th, please call 305-348-4217 at Florida International University for more details or registration. Pizza Fusion, America's greenest restaurant, is now open in Weston, saving the earth one pizza at a time. Pizza Fusion serves a gourmet and organic menu of pizza, focaccia sandwiches, wraps, desserts, beer, and wine. All Pizza Fusion items are served in their purest form, untainted by the artificial additives such as sweeteners, pesticides, preservatives, and hormones. Enjoy our fresh salads, breads, dips, wraps, and pizzas. All mates order upon your request with specialty toppings like goat cheese, Key West shrimp, wild lobster, spinach, eggplant, feta cheese, and more. It's all organic, natural, and delicious at Pizza Fusion. Come in today to Pizza Fusion at 2378 Weston Road in Weston and build your own pizza. Call 954-641-5353 for more information. Pizza Fusion in Weston. Saving the earth one pizza at a time. It might be as simple as a water heater that bursts and floods your home. It could be as devastating as a fire that destroys your home. Either way, you need someone to represent you to make sure you get the maximum compensation from your insurance company. You need someone who knows how to prepare claims accurately. You need someone who can help you get a prompt and equitable settlement. You need East Coast Public Adjusters, one of the largest and most dependable firms in the insurance industry. East Coast Public Adjusters will be there for you every step of the way. From the initial evaluation and throughout the preparation of your claim. Sometimes people settle claims with their insurance company only to realize they're entitled to much more. East Coast Public Adjusters will help you reopen your claim and try to get you the money you need. If you've suffered damage to your home from flood, fire, lightning, wind or smoke damage, or even theft, you need East Coast Public Adjusters. Call East Coast Public Adjusters today. 305-441-0882. 305-441-0882. Or on the web at eastcoastadjusters.com. A new terminal that is larger than some mid-sized U.S. airport. The new Miami International Airport. A new 350-space ground-level short-term parking lot. The new Miami International Airport. The only U.S. airport with sleep pods. The new Miami International Airport. The international gateway to the Americas with more flights to South America than all U.S. airports combined. The new Miami International Airport. And coming soon, 61 new retail and food shops to add to your airport's savoir-faire. Come experience the new Miami International Airport and watch us move towards the future. The new Miami International Airport. Seaboard Marine is an ocean transportation company that provides direct regular service between the United States and the Caribbean Basin, Central and South America. Seaboard Marine's success in the region for nearly 25 years has enabled it to expand into new markets, now serving nearly 40 ports in over 20 countries. 
Seaboard Marine's facilities include a private terminal of nearly 70 acres at the Port of Miami. Seaboard Marine carries more cargo to and from the Port of Miami than any other carrier. Although this facility complies with and exceeds all governmental security mandates, it operates seven days a week, 365 days a year, a unique convenience for its customers. Seaboard Marine serves these routes from Miami, Bahamas, Grand Cayman, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Eastern Caribbean, Haiti, Jamaica, North Central America, South Central America, Venezuela, and the West Coast of South America, including Peru, Chile, Bolivia. Seaboard Marine, a trade leader in the Western Hemisphere. You gotta be here, family, Sunday, June 29th, as your Marlins wrap up this series against the Arizona Diamondbacks at 110. The first 10,000 fans get a Marlins beach towel presented by Geico. Bring the kids to the strike zone at Gate H early for family Sunday activities, including Snapshot Sunday and entertainment from Radio Disney. And after the game, kids can run the bases in the Nestle Drumstick Diamond Dash. Call 1-877-MARLINS or visit FloridaMarlins.com. Marlins baseball, you gotta be here. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. It's South Florida's newest and freshest talk show. Oh, it's true. This is the Rich Rothman Show. It's true. On 1360. It's true. It's true. WKAT. Hey. Hey. The, hey. Rich Rothman here, along with Wanda Miles in the uh, booth. John Mellencamp. John Mellencamp. We're uh, we're waiting for uh, Chris Korge to give us a call. He'll be in any second now. But let's kind of frame out what we're going to do so we don't waste a lot of Chris's time uh, on the phone. And that is, uh, I've asked Chris to, uh, if we can get him on the phone today and talk about the Obama snubbing public financing. I'm sure you all have seen that. That was announced snubbing. yesterday. Snubbing. Selective work. Selective. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. He snubbed it. And uh, using the papers as well, but uh, but there are reasons for this. I mean, I, I don't want anyone to think this is just the most altruistic thing in the world uh, that he's not going to do that because this does open up doors for other other areas and other avenues. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that have uh, you know have said that you know it's a huge blow to the Watergate era campaign finance system, but it could hurt the Democratic nominee's effort to paint himself as a reformer. I mean, for him to go outside the framework leaves him open to the charges of hypocrisy, said Brad Coker, managing partner of uh, Mason Dixon Research, a polling firm. It gives his opponent a stick to hit him with. Uh, opponent uh, Obama's uh, announcement drew uh, very prompt criticism from uh, Joan Claybrook and Fred Wertheimer, uh, the heads of campaign finance watchdog groups, each saying in statements that they were very disappointed with the decision. And uh, Jim uh, uh, Jill Hasselbacker, uh, McCain's communications director said Obama's decision proved that he's just another typical politician who will do and say whatever it is that's expedient for Barack Obama. And, of course, I know last night when I was driving home, I was listening to Sean Hannity, and Sean was playing, going back over a year and a half, different outtakes uh, from Obama's speeches, saying that he uh, he absolutely believed in, in public funding, uh, and not going after and using utilizing private sector funding uh, for his campaign, and uh, and so now here he has a flip flop on that. You know, um, just the way he accused oh, McCain flip flopping. I don't want to hear the flip flopping thing again. Well, it is. Flip. Let's listen. Do you have that cut? Can we come up with a better? Just, no, no, no. We're not. This is a flip flop. This is a flip flop as good as a fl any other flip flop. <laughs> this is a good flip flop. All right, give me a 
second. All right, we're gonna Wanda's gonna be searching for that, but no, I want to play the piece that uh, that Obama posted on his website, where he explains to all the wonderful people in America right now why he's doing this, and of course, right below that, you can click off, you can invest fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, a hundred and fifty dollars to support his campaign. <laughs> How convenient is that? And I think uh, for a lot of people on rainy Sundays in the Jewish markets, they're going to have Chinese food attached. I'm ready when you If you, you give over $250, you will get a, um, a dinner for two at um, um, Feng Shi Nen's uh, restaurants uh, all over the United States. Okay, now let's hear that cut number one. Okay. Hi, this is Barack Obama. I have an important announcement, and I wanted all of you, the people who built this movement from the bottom up, to hear it first. Bottom up. We've made the decision not to participate in the public financing system for the general election. This means we'll be foregoing more than $80 million in public funds That's during the final months of this election. It's not an easy decision, especially because I support a robust system of public financing of elections. But the public financing of presidential elections, as it exists today, is broken. And we face opponents who become masters at gaming this broken system. John McCain's campaign and the Republican National Committee are fueled by contributions from Washington lobbyists and special interest PACs. And we've already seen that he's not going to stop the smears and attacks from his allies running so-called 527 groups, who will spend millions and millions of dollars in unlimited donations. From the very beginning of this campaign, I've asked my supporters to avoid that kind of unregulated activity and join us in building a new kind of politics. Sure. And you have. Instead of forcing us to rely on George millions Soros. from Washington lobbyists and special interest PACs, you fueled this campaign with donations of $5, $10, $20, whatever you can afford. And because you did, we've built a grassroots movement of over 1.5 million Americans. Wow. We've won the Democratic nomination by relying on ordinary people coming together to achieve extraordinary things. You've already changed the way campaigns are. He didn't win it yet, by the way. He's the presumptive you know nominated, the way we can truly nominated party Washington person. Works. Mm. He's not nominated yet. The he didn't have the campaign yet, the uh, convention election. yet. I'm asking you to try to do something that's never been done before: declare our independence from a broken system, and run the type of campaign that reflects the grassroots values that have already changed our politics and brought us this far. If we don't stand together, the broken system we have now. A system where special interests drown out the voices of the American people will continue to erode our politics and prevent the possibility of real change. That's why we must act. The stakes are higher than ever, and people are counting on us. Every American who is desperate for a fair economy and affordable health care, who wants to bring our troops back from Iraq, who hopes for a better education... All right, you can stop this, because this is all nonsense at this point. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so there's a, a bit much there, and, and what we're going to find out is what it really means um, for uh, McCain and what it really means for Obama. But, uh, I mean, he sounds like he can walk on water, and, and this is just like absolute nonsense. It's just absolute nonsense. Shed some light, Rich, will you? Well, we're going to shed some light on it, assuming that Mr. Kors remembers to give us a phone call one of these days. So uh, we'll, we'll do that. Let me go talk to the family. No, no that's all right. That's right. Let's uh, talk to the family. It's all right. We're, we're going to... We're gonna, uh, we're going to continue with that. But Obama's also uh, starting very, very soon. We're going to be uh, listening to and watching a number of uh, television <clears throat> um, uh, campaign advertisements for Obama. And uh, he's very soon going to be breaking in uh, Florida and 17 other states with his first television ad of the general election campaign, which I find amazing. He attacks constantly. I mean, he absolutely attacks constantly on McCain. It doesn't stop. And yet when McCain attacks him... 
it becomes a smear campaign uh, against you know all all those who are good in America. I mean, this is such. This is really good. I got to tell you, Obama is really good at what he does. Uh, but I got to tell you, my feeling is he's no different than any other petty politician that comes out of the east side of Chicago, wherever he comes from. Uh, but I just, uh, I, I just don't buy into any of this stuff. I just don't. I just no, don't. I just don't. don't. Nope. I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I, I think he's scary. Um, scary. He's scary. I think why he's is very he scary. Because I don't like what he says. That scares like, you. That's how I feel about it. That's the way it's going to be. All right then. All right. So we're going to be, Dang we're going to go with that. Let me, um, uh, while we're waiting, scary. let me just, uh, uh, let me just continue on with uh, the conversation we had yesterday. Oh. Uh, and I want to talk about Michael Mayo's column uh, and Let's Make a Deal, where he's saying uh, oil drilling for catastrophe, uh, catastrophe fund, which is actually the uh, the wind fund, the citizens fund in the state of Florida. I have said the same thing many, many weeks ago. I said, you know, there is no reason why uh, Florida uh, cannot uh, allow the drilling, which we need to do. And I think many, many more people are coming around to that and their understanding that this really is not a threat to the environment. Uh, it's it's just not the fact. I mean, I said yesterday that you need to do your own homework, and you will find out that the environment has not been hurt uh, by offshore drilling, that we've never had a blowout, that we've never besmirched uh, any beaches anywhere in the Gulf of Mexico. It just doesn't happen. It has not happened. Hmm. Uh, and um, I heard I heard differently. Well, tell me what you heard. Well, I just heard on, on NPR this morning. Oh, wow. Yeah, there are two leftists. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm just saying that there's other information. So people are what are they? Well, let's hear it. What did they say? Well, they were just saying that there were some actual spills during Hurricane Katrina, but no one heard about it. Oh, uh, how exactly. come? Exactly. I don't know. Well, if it was so bad, how come no one I heard it? How, well, wait know. a second. I mean, let's follow up on that. Okay. Now, considering what they did with Katrina mm -hmm. and how the media went nuts over the fact that the federal government didn't get there for three days. Yeah. Now, remember, it took five days for them to get to Hurricane Andrew. For three days and blame basically the winds, the rain, the this, the that on, on the federal government. Being, oh, my God, they don't, they don't care. They're, they're prejudiced. They're racist. I mean, I've never seen anything as incredible as that in my entire life. So I would presume that the, the, the left-controlled media would have uh, grabbed onto a besmirched beach and said, see, not only has the federal government ruined New Orleans by lying about the levees and they're not coming in, and you know, that bloody Bush, he had no right. Look what he did. He actually flew over New Orleans. Didn't land. He flew over New Orleans to see what's going on. Oh, okay. That's fine. Yeah, I, I think it's perfectly fine for the president to fly over and see what's going on. He doesn't have to be on the ground to do that. He's got people there to do that. But I would think that if there were really problems with these oil rigs, which, by the way, I don't believe, because we've had some pretty good experts here and you can't find it, then it would have been a big deal. It would have been a big deal, and somebody would have said something somewhere. Because that is a big deal, and that's a great way to shut down big oil even more. And it's just it's just not going to happen. So I just I don't buy into that at all. I just don't buy into that at all, you know. Well, I'm just telling you what I heard. Well, that, that's And the there. point is, is that, you know, how do, how do, how, for me, how do you know who to believe? You or or NPR? <laughs> I'm, it's not me. Go do your homework. That's why I said yesterday. Go yes, do your you homework. Yes, you we did. have not had major blowouts. It has not happened. Yes, you did. We did not have one oil rig blow out during Katrina or the, the season when we had five hurricanes going over the state of Florida. All right. Not one. Just so Mayo, uh, you know Mike Mayo, who I really enjoy his writing. Uh, and we, did we have Mike on the show? Did we ever get Mike Mayo on the show? I don't think so. Yeah, we did. Or do we have Fred Grimm? 
Fred Grimm. We had Fred Grimm, and we couldn't get Mike because he was going to do a child thing that day. He had to go do something with his kids. Yes. We need we need to get Michael on the show because Michael writes well, and I really enjoy his commentaries. But the point is, we we do have an opportunity in the state of Florida, just like the Alaskans have, uh, with the oil coming out of Alaska. Everyone in the state of Alaska, at the end of the year, gets a check from the state of Alaska on a tariff that's applied to the oil and the value of the oil that comes out of the state, and everyone benefits by that. All right now. We can be doing the same thing in the state of Florida, but what we can be doing, instead of giving checks individually to us, it can go, as Michael pointed out, and I said the same thing a few weeks ago, that we can establish a fund that actually balances the budget and brings us the opportunity to use the fund, the catastrophe, uh, Citizens Catastrophe Fund. Right now, we're self-insuring uh, you know, the state of Florida. So the point is that we really do have an opportunity here, and, and the state can make use of that. So uh, we got Chris on the phone. Oh, that's terrific. Chris, you there? I'm here. Hey, man, how you doing? All right, how are you? Well, you know, we had uh, we had the salmon running for a while in downtown Coral Gables outside the window. A lot of rain. Uh, I, yeah, I'm sorry getting on the line here. I've been trying to negotiate my way through all kinds of puddles. Well, <laughs> and that's something you do well. Listen, i got to ask you a quick question, and, and, and that's why I wanted you to come back on the show, and we so thank you for doing that. But um, what is this? What is the deal? What's what's the bottom line on this thing with Obama turning down public funding? What's your take on that, Chris? Well, I mean, I think you know he's uh, he realizes that with uh, with the the numerous vehicles that the Republican Party has um, in raising money through independent expenditures, and from you know the 1.5 million. Uh, contributors that have contributed to his campaign that it's not in the best interest of his campaign to to, uh, to take taxpayer money and and to let the uh, let let the people that have been giving him ten and twenty dollars and thirty dollars you know continue to make contributions and save taxpayers a lot of money and um, you think that's the real reason? I don't. There's got to be another reason behind it other than that. Well, I mean, the the reason is he's going to have the ability to to certainly raise a lot of money. And and from groups, private groups, because he's going into the private sector then, I guess. No. If no? He, when you say private groups under federal law, the only people that can give him money are individuals. And what's the limit on that, Chris? Uh, the, the total limit that anyone could give him in... The general election is $2,300. So what happens to the guys like George Soros? How do they give their millions and billions to him? That's what he's. That's what Obama's worried about. He, you know, he knows and he's getting prepared to be swift boated, like uh, John Kerry was, mm -hmm. by independent expenditures that are made by third parties. And under federal law, the candidates are not allowed to coordinate with third party uh, contributions. So the best way to protect himself and his campaign is not to have a limitation on how much money he can spend in the general election. And the only place he can get money from is from individuals. And let me point out to you that, um, that Barack Obama, his average contribution to his campaign throughout the entire primary, I think is $212. That's the average individual contribution made to his campaign. And that was from the uh, the second grade class at uh, DeForest uh, Middle School. <laughs> <laughs> Those uh, kids got out there, and they the that people. was their milk money. <laughs> it's, 
come from all kinds of people, and yes, you know there are there are some kids that sold their bike to to donate to. Oh my uh, God! And they're crying, but they're doing it for America. They're doing it for America. Remember, there's no there's no red states and blue states, just the United States. Purple. Oh, that's just terrific. So, all right, so we're going to have, now that I have you on the phone, so we've got Obama and, and Hillary going out there uh, uh, electioneering next week. Yep, we're going to hit the road hard. We can't take another four years of George Bush, that's for sure. Well, we're not, because rumor has it he's leaving. Hmm. Well, I, he is leaving, I'll give you that, but I'm not so sure his policy on Iraq, um, his policy dealing with tax cuts for people like me, are uh, are leaving and um, and you know the wealthiest Americans have benefited the most from uh, President Bush's uh, tax policy. That's for sure. So let me, let me ask you this: Are you are you going to be traveling with uh, the Hillary Group contingent? Um, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to be traveling with them. I could tell you that Senator Clinton has asked all of her major supporters to jump on board with with Senator Obama and to uh, help change America. And that's exactly what we're doing. But there's no hope for a deal with uh, Hillary and, and Obama right now. I, you know, I think that's entirely up to Senator Obama to pick the person that um, that he wants as his running mate. I think the Clinton supporters understand that and respect that. And, and there are no preconditions as far as, as what Senator Obama is going to do. I think he needs to pick the person he thinks is going to best help him win the ticket and also help him govern when he becomes president of the United States. Uh, that's, that's a very strong statement. Um, but you know what? I, it's very hard to imagine that, uh, that Hillary is just going to walk away on this, you know, given it's a Clinton. And, and a lot of people still think there must be something brewing somewhere for Clinton. I hope so. Well, I, I, let me say this to you. Hillary yes. Clinton is... Uh, has I, I think most people, and it's amazing to me how many Republican friends I have that would spew some of the most awful things when they would when they would talk about Hillary Clinton. And by the end of this primary, they had developed a tremendous amount of respect for her will, willingness to fight for Americans. And I, I think she's done herself a tremendous amount of good as. You know, as someone who has really kind of become a total independent, she was always one of the leading women in the in this country and the world. Um, certainly, for a number of years, was was selected as as the most admired woman in America. But I think she's gone way beyond that. I think that she got over 18 million votes. Um, in in this uh, primary contest. Well, I think Chris, I think she did a terrific job, and I and I, I have really grown to respect her a lot more because I think she was up against tremendous odds. I think the media was ganging up on her. I thought the the debates were very unfair. And she did get the first question, and I was in debate in college. You never always got the first question. It did rotate because it gives the other person an advantage, and. Um, uh, uh, she just never got a fair shake, and yet you know what? This person hung in there, and she and she garnered a huge popular vote. Well, I could tell you if it, if it if it had gone on for a couple more weeks, I think I think it could have been different. But you know, all things come to an end. She got the most votes um, 
It's, it was a very close, close, hard-fought primary battle. And um, I think that, you know, we haven't heard the last of Hillary Clinton. She is clearly um, one of the most respected elected officials in America and the world today. And I think that her voice will carry a tremendous amount of weight going forward, whether she is uh, selected by Senator Obama to be her, her, his running mate or not. Um, and I think she's going, if she's not, you know, I suspect she's going to be back in the Senate where she is today, and she will be a major force in American politics. No, I, I think that's very correct. I, 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 th I, I have respected her more and more as the weeks and months grew on us. Because I, I was very impressed with her tenacious ability to hang in there when a lot of people were turning on her. Uh, she just never gave up. I mean, she never gave up. And, and in spite of what was going on and how uh, uh, words were twisted, and I think Bill Clinton's words were twisted, I do. I think her words were twisted. I think the Bobby Kennedy thing was outrageous, not from her perspective, but for those who jumped on her. I thought Keith Olbermann... Uh, was 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 an absolute uh, fool the way he responded on on television re regarding on his show regarding what she said and that woman hung in there and I got to tell you something you know uh, I I have a lot of respect for her now so uh, do you eat pizza with her <laughs> do I eat pizza with her <laughs> yeah um, you know what she's she eats healthier than pizza you know once in a while. You, know, you break we'll, bread with we'll, her. We'll knock down a beer and a shot of whiskey every once in a while. All right. I'm glad to hear that. Cool. You know, that's that Arkansas thing. I, I, that's one of the down-home things I like about you, Chris, that you can just really blend well with all these people. I, you know what? I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm just a regular American. That's, you are the man. I am a regular, just American. I'm sitting in my office right now wearing a pair of wet jeans and a wet shirt, uh, freezing, but talking to you. You are... A good guy. Thank you so much for being on the show. Stay well. Have a great weekend, Chris. All right. Take care. Thanks for calling, buddy. Bye. Bye. Well, there you have it from Chris Korch, and Chris knows. Yes, he does. You know, it's amazing how much Chris and Andy sound alike. I have to tell you that. <laughs> that could have been Andy for all it's I know. It's a brother thing, you know. What do you yeah, mean? it's just all those who know the Korch family, they are amazing in their sounds of their voice because you can't tell the difference on, on, uh, Is on the phone. Is it just you and your sister? Is that why you Yeah, know? well, I can never sound like Linda. No, well, it's just the sibling thing, you know. Well, there's they have some funny stories when I understand. I was listening to some of that stuff. Anyway, let, so that's the thing with Obama. Um, there's more to it, I believe. I, I don't think it's such a altruistic thing. We're coming up on a break. Uh huh. All right. When we get back, uh, we have Neil, the Asbury Report. Standing by. Standing by. So we're going to take a short break on uh, the Rich Rockman Show, uh, 1360 WKAT, and then we're going to be right back with uh, Neil Asbury and the Asbury Report. Don't go anywhere. Where in South Florida can you find a truly elegant hotel with 276 luxury guest rooms offering a newly renovated championship golf course, tennis course, the largest hotel swimming pool in the country with private poolside cabanas, a world-class spa, and an award-winning fitness center with a restaurant that Zagat called one of the best restaurants in the country, all spread over a 150-acre tropical paradise landscape. Give up? 
at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. Built in 1926, Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, the golf and spa resort, is a South Florida landmark. With all the amenities to make your next getaway weekend or night away from the kids a memorable experience. Visit www.biltmorehotel.com for more information or call 1-800-747-1926 for reservations. Your next great getaway weekend or night out awaits you at Biltmore Coral Gables, Miami, a golf and spa resort. What do you get when you cross an entrepreneurial tycoon and a mass media icon? The business opportunity of epic proportions. With an unstable economy on the minds of so many Americans, more and more people are deciding to start their own home-based business. This is why the legendary CEO of brands such as Christian Dior and Fruit of the Loom, Mr. William F. Farley, has decided to create a company that you have the opportunity to partner with. The name of this company is Zri. Zri has the wholehearted endorsement of the Chopra Center for Wellbeing. Founded by Dr. Deepak Chopra, Zri has just launched in North America and is slated to be the next billion-dollar brand. There has never been a better time to capture a piece of the growing health and wellness industry. Ride the wave to prosperity and abundance with the Zri opportunity. Visit wavetoprosperity.com. Remember, the key to success in any business is timing. Get ahead of the wave. Go to wavetoprosperity.com today. This time, it's your turn to prosper. Hi, I'm Rich Rothman, and here's a great opportunity for all of my listeners who are attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. You know, now you can borrow up to $625,000, including lines of credit, term and vehicle loans, at exceptional rates and terms. Introducing Total Pro financial lending packages from Total Bank, especially designed for attorneys, CPAs, physicians, and dentists. The best, easiest, and fastest financial assistance you could ever wish to have, whether you have an established practice or you're just starting out. And with Total Bank, it's minimum paperwork and 24-hour pre-approval. Just visit www.totalbank.com for all the details. Or you can call Ivis Leon at 305-476-6273. I'm going to tell you again, that's 305-476-6273. And remember, easy lending with Total Pro from Total Bank. Apply today. Total Bank. Member FDIC. No name is more synonymous with success than Miami Dolphins owner H. Wayne Heisinger, architect of three Fortune 500 companies, including AutoNation and Blockbuster. This renowned entrepreneur has brought his unique business approach to the classroom. With the Heisinger School of Business at Nova Southland based on Heisinger's entrepreneurial ideals, the Heisinger School of Business offers the rare opportunity to learn the ropes from someone who's climbed their way to the very top. Apply now at nova.edu slash business. The Port of Miami is the second largest economic engine in our community, providing an annual economic base of over $16 billion and over 100,000 jobs. These are high-paying in-demand jobs, very much coveted by other cities and ports throughout the Americas. We're fortunate to have this business, and of that $16 billion, international trade and cargo at the port accounts for over $13 billion per year, a significant fact, as well as a significant economic impact for all of us, the Port of Miami, working to enhance and contribute to the economic success of our country, further reinforcing Miami and South Florida as the gateway to the Americas. 
Do you own a business outsourcing your accounting? Then call the accounting and tax experts at TNJ Tax Service. For over 30 years, TNJ Tax Service has been preparing taxes for South Florida companies and individuals. As enrolled agents with the Internal Revenue Service, the pros at TNJ Tax Service can represent you or your company professionally to the IRS. Have challenges with your company's bookkeeping? Then call TNJ Tax Services. QuickBooks certified. TNJ Tax Services can provide training on QuickBooks for any small business. If you need monthly or quarterly bookkeeping services to handle all of your payroll and business needs, then you need to call. TNJ Tax Service, located at Taft and Flamingo in the Pillbox Plaza. Call 954-432-1700. 954-432-1700. TNJ Tax Services. No one covers local, national, and world news like Rich Rothman. And no one covers local, national, and world shipping like DHL. DHL. Customer service is back in shipping. Fresh talk with a South Florida flavor. Are there any women here today? 4 to 6 p.m., 1360, WKAT. Well, I think we're going to have a rainy night tonight. Uh-huh. You know, uh, well, the rain has stopped. I just want you to know, at least in downtown Coral Gables, uh, you can actually see the streets again. Oh. And the fish are gone. Aww. So, uh, God, that's so sad because it was just really neat to see the that guys exciting, out there really. running after that tarpon. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a waterfall outside. Yeah, just really disgusting. Can't wait for the drive home tonight. Okay. Um, we are fortunate to have uh, Neil Asbury with us, and uh, Neil's on the phone. I'm gonna, we're going to have the Asbury Report, which you all know is every Friday about 4.30-ish in the afternoon, and we talk about things that relate to international business. And Neil, having a multi-decade background, very successful background, on um, exporting uh, from the United States into uh, Asia and so forth. Um, and he currently uh, has uh, Greenfield World Trade. So, uh, Neil, you there? Yes, I'm here. Good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Very good. You? you I'm just I'm dry right now. But... Well, it's dry in Weston right now. I'm uh, sorry to hear you guys got the, 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 the got a downpour today, huh? You didn't get the rain there? Well, it, I, I think it's been kind of off and on, but right now it looks pretty good. Oh, you're very fortunate because the downpour was incredible. You know, it's sort of like I live east, and it never rains east. We just we see the clouds, and you know, we go, oh, my God, this is great. We can fill the pool up again. We haven't filled the pool in a week and a half. It's really getting low. And then the clouds come, and then phew, offshore breezes knock it back out to Weston. We don't get it. So I probably didn't rain at my house either. But, uh, but let's talk for a bit because um, I know you're a busy man, and you're very powerful. But uh, let's talk for a bit about food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was projected and it was predicted years ago that there would be food shortages and those food shortages would lead to riots. Now, a lot of people thought that's never going to happen. Can't happen. I mean, my God, we have the WTO, we have the United Nations, we have all sorts of people. You know, we have the humanitarianism of uh, the West and people trying to do the right thing. But then when you dig down a little bit deeper and you and you look at what the uh, WTO has been trying to do since 2001, it's not exactly uh, the most uh, fair situation, is it? No, I mean, agricultural subsidies, and, and right here at home, and we, ha we really have a, a lot of blame on this. Uh, let me just give you a couple of statistics that I was able to dig up. Um, the United States subsidizes uh, our agricultural uh, uh, industry over 20 billion dollars a year. Uh, the European Union, uh, a lot of it going to France, uh, subsidizes uh, their agricultural sector 67 billion dollars, and the Japanese uh, subsidize 33 billion. Let's put that into uh, per acre. How many dollars per acre are these subsidies? In the U.S., it's 54 dollars. 
In the European Union, it's $308. Whoa. And in Japan, it's $4,415. Now, let me tell you why that's uh, so important and why you're hearing now reports of, of riots, of food riots uh, in the Philippines, in West Africa, in Central America, you know, a shortage of food. And this is going to get worse. We, you know, talking about free trade, and 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 you mentioned about the WT, the WTO. Well, yep. um, you know, another organization uh, that's very powerful in this is the is the World Bank. Right. Robert Zelik, uh, being the previous U.S. Trade Representative before he was in that position, um, was running around the world uh, speaking the virtues of of free trade. But you need to put a huge asterisk next to that because what he was really talking about was free trade in manufactured goods, not agricultural goods. Because when you distort the, the, the world market like we do with these subsidies, there is not free trade. So let's take that farmer in the Philippines or perhaps in Jamaica, Central America, uh, West Africa. He can't compete. How can he compete when you have these very rich nations going to their farmers and subsidizing them? Um, wheat, as an example, in the United States, when we export wheat, we're selling it 28% below the cost of its production. We're selling rice 26% below what it costs our farmers to produce it. Because the taxpayer is paying the difference. The taxpayer is paying it. The taxpayer is getting fleeced in all of this. So, number one, the, the U.S. Uh, a taxpayer is subsidizing these exports. And But the, the, the real tragedy here is that these growers in these countries can't compete. So, therefore, you know, they, they, they're dirt poor and they remain dirt poor. They can't compete with the U.S. and Europe and Japan industrially and manufactured goods, the one thing that they can compete with is in, is in, is in um, uh, agricultural products, being a farmer, and they can't do that either because we're subsidizing uh, the heck out of our exports. So here we're creating more poverty and dependence on, on our food. Now, food gets tight, we hold back in our exports, they don't have the, the infrastructure on the ground uh, to produce, and therefore you have these massive shortages. But, and, but it looks like, if, if, if we, uh, particularly after uh, looking at Bloomberg from the other day, that number one, uh, people used to think that as long as you have a, a constant supply from an, an outside source, that gives you your food bank, that you have the security that you can feed your people. But we're in uncharted waters right now with energy prices now and, you know, the, well, the yes. cost of production of food and how much that's connected to energy. And it, this still hasn't yet, uh, uh, you know, Thailand, as an example, the world's number one uh, rice exporter has pulled back on their exports. Well, is that one of the reasons why it was hard to find rice on the shelves a few, well, exactly. about a month ago? I mean, yeah, if you take that supply off, you know, what happens to the price? It goes to the roof. And then the people who need it most can't afford it. And because of these subsidies that we're so guilty of, you know, the farmer has been put out of business in these, in these, in these developing world countries. But it would seem like, tragedy. Neil, it would seem like that what we're, what we're really here, if you can pull yourself out of it and look in, 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 a, in a very objective manner, as opposed to subjective, which some people will do, because of politics. But, uh, People in those countries and in, in, in the countries that need the food, that are not producing the food, really need to start producing food. 
Oh, absolutely. And but you know, it's kind of like a thing. Like, how about okay? You know, supply gets back online. The Americans, the Japanese, Europeans are subsidizing, and that food is finding its way into these countries, and then you're putting them back out of business. You know, so first of all, I mean, the 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 solution is is if we're going to talk about free trade and manufactured goods, we can't distort and subsidize our our agricultural exports. I mean, let's 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 take a look, another look at this. When when um, our agricultural subsidies were um, were were invented, they they came from uh, FDR during the Great Depression, a very noble cause. Absolutely. To save the family farmer. And let me tell you, um, both of my uh, uh, parents were raised on family farms in West Virginia and Kentucky. And and let me tell you, I mean, we, our farmers were saved because of that. So I I know it was a noble cause, it was important, and it, and it, and it, did what it was supposed to do. However, just like most government programs, it became perverted. Uh, Now, most of that subsidies, most of those subsidies are going to the corporate farms. What does Caterpillar, Chevron, International Paper, John Hancock, Mutual Life, Kimberly Clark, and individuals such as Bob Dole, David Rockefeller, Scotty Pippen, and Ted Turner all have in common? They receive tens of millions of dollars from the U.S. government in, in agricultural subsidies for their large corporate farms that they have interests in. So what we've had is not we've had actually the destruction of the family farm in the U.S. because the family farms can't compete with the big corporations, and these corporations are buying them out and creating this plantation effect, and bringing in migrant workers, um, many of them undocumented, and paying them nothing, no health care or anything, and that's what these subsidies have ended up becoming, and. At, at the same time, putting the, the farmer out of business in the developing world to where they can't feed themselves anymore. So who's out there? I mean, let's 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 see what we can do about it. Now, what they're hoping to do out in Qatar is to get this uh, the, the WTO. Around, yeah, the Doha round, which was um, which was started, you know, the latest round of uh, WTO um, uh, negotiations uh, was is, is called the Doha round. Uh, still uh, open, still not yet concluded. Began in 2001, and it's all hung up right now over two things: agricultural subsidies and and intellectual uh, property rights protection. The, the developed world wants more uh, stronger intellectual property protections, and countries like Brazil and Argentina uh, and, and developing world countries that are agricultural exporters want the end of subsidies. Now, President Bush has said, uh, we will give up our subsidies if the Europeans give up theirs. I think it was a, a red herring. I don't you know the agricultural lobby in this country is incredibly powerful. Absolutely. But at least he, he said that, knowing that the French will never ever do it. I mean, all you have to do in France is hint at giving up these subsidies, and the farmers are going to block riot. Paris, and they're going to riot, and, and and the whole country will shut down, and the government will end up giving them even more subsidies. Well, they couldn't even agree to to uh, lay off people who weren't functioning well in the business. So this whole <laughs> WTO round that's going on right now can never ever conclude. I mean, it's it's not going to happen, w- is WTO it? WTO has got traction and it's going to be around. I mean, WTO is the equivalent 
of of the United Nations. Uh, even worse, because out of the 150 members of WTO, each one of them has a veto right. I mean, this is one of the most craziest organizations that you can imagine. I'm not a big fan of the WTO. However, what it's trying to do is 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 is, is the right thing, and that is is to no- negotiate a way, get rid of these agricultural subsidies, which will not happen. Then the other thing that okay, the French is going to close down. The French farmers will close down Paris, but you know, in, in, in Japan, where you've got $4,415 per acre being subsidized. Or one plasma screen. Okay. Now, well, that, that's not like four, four plasma screens. Thing. <laughs> but, but think about this. Is the LDP, um, the Liberal Democratic Party in Japan, has run the country for 48 out of the last 50 years, actually 48 and a half. The socialists were in power for a year and a half during this period. The, the LDP is closely associated in Japan with the agricultural sector. So these subsidies that the that the LDP politicians, the parliamentarians, funnel to their farmers actually come back in form of these massive political donations. So it's what has kept it, – it runs the whole political – um, machine in, in Japan, uh, these agricultural subsidies going to the farmers and then coming back to the political party that's been in power for the last 48 and a half years out of the last 50. So you look what you're up against in France, look what you're up against in Japan, and then you have the United States, which is throwing out this this uh, red herring saying, okay, you give up yours and we'll give up ours. Fat chance. So this is a huge problem, Rich. I mean, this this is a massive problem. The, the WTO, though around, will not get concluded. Um, is Brazil, China in that? I know China. I mean, China was admitted to the WTO. Yeah, but but that's yeah, but they're 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 an agricultural importer. You yeah. Know, so they're not one of these. Uh, uh, they're not subsidizing. Uh, uh, they're actually a buyer. In fact, you know, the irony of this. Let me let me give you another irony that will knock your socks off. The American worker, manufacturer, uh, you know, factory worker, has lost their jobs because of the distortion and manipulation of the Chinese Communist government of their currency, of their import policies, and so on. And at the same time, that poor American worker that's lost his job or seen his wages uh, deteriorate is subsidizing the Chinese food through these agricultural subsidies because China imports a lot of subsidized American grain, corn, and so on. So the American worker paying their taxes, losing their jobs to unfair Chinese competition on manufactured goods, is turning around and paying for their food. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's, it's bizarre. Well, all the socks in the studio are off with that one. I wanted Wanda through, just threw her socks across to what she did. She just threw her socks across the studio in the booth. I just want you to know that. Well, it's 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 it's, it's absolutely insane. I, I you know I mean if you look at you know just these oddball things that exist around the world, I don't think there's one more more that will, as you say, blow your socks off than that one. But let me. But 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 something needs to be done. So where do we go from here? How do we? I mean, it's it's to our. It's not even to our benefit to try and resolve this, well, is w- it? Well, of course it's to our benefit because we're looking like a bunch of hypocrites. Because oh, we're, yeah. wait a minute. I didn't talk about being a hypocrite. We're, we're talking. Uh, we're, we're saying that talking numbers. We're, we're these free traders, but you know the agricultural lobby in this country is incredibly powerful. And so, okay, sure, we, we got on. We got on corn ethanol. Okay, but we're the but we're but we're the least uh, bad out of the bunch. I mean, if you look at the European Union at at their subsidies and Japan at theirs, but still, America can't be out there promoting this concept of free trade that that 
that Bob Zelikot was doing as the USTR and as he's now doing as President World Bank, promoting this, and at the same time allow these agricultural subsidies to exist, because you're you know it's you're it's you're coming across as 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 totally as stupid. You know, I mean, you can't do that. You know, you're putting the poor Jamaican farmer out of business through these subsidies, and then you're telling the Jamaican government, take your tariffs down to zero so we can have free trade. And by the way, the United States, Japan, and Europe have so many what we call super duties, super tariffs on agricultural products that are in excess of 100%. So, you know, here we're telling the world, take down your tariffs, but big asterisk, except agricultural and by the way, we're going to subsidize our agriculture so your poor farmers can't compete and stay in business. So what do these guys in the developing nations do then? I mean, what's the hope for them? Well, you Particularly know, as energy gets more expensive, all products and shipping get more expensive, it's only going to go up. Well, well, you know, and countries like Brazil, and, and let me tell you, I could, we could have another discussion just on Brazil. And well, what, we will. I mean, Brazil what they, what they've done, is a whole other ballgame. And, and I'm not a big fan of um, Brazil and the way that it conducts its international trade, but they are standing on the moral high ground by saying, we will not support WTO until you get rid of your agricultural subsidies because it's a huge distortion. You can't tell us to take our tariffs down and manufacture goods unless you're ready to get rid of your subsidies. And Rich, they're exactly right. They have the moral high ground on this. So, all right, so who takes the lead in the U.S. on this? Is there anyone out there who really sees this and well, feels good know, about President, it? Well, President Bush sees it, and he puts it out there and says, we'll give up yours if we'll give up ours if you give up yours. But, you know, we just talked about France and we talked about Japan. They're not going to do it. I mean, the Japanese government would be committing Harry Carey. I mean, they would, you know, be, you know, they would be, killing themselves the LDP party you know that's their that that's the grease that funds that whole political system and Japan and and France we know about France so it's that's why the WTL round right now for the last several years has been at an impasse there's what solution is there well it, it would seem that we have to do something for these people see i take brazil out of the equation a little bit because brazil it's a whole different ball game for developing nations. But just... each country at WTO has veto power. Yes. So if you've got 150 members, with each with veto power, and Brazil says no to any deal unless it gets rid of agricultural subsidies, there's not much you can do about it. So, but it has to be unanimous. It has to be unanimous. Yes. I, as so I that's say, the it's rub. Not like the, it's not like the United Nations where you have a Security yeah. Council and yeah. you have five members with yeah. veto. And WTO, believe it or not, the rules are every member has veto power. Hey, does, this, does this affect a company like yours? Well, it, it doesn't really because, you know, manufactured tariffs have come down uh, in significantly in most parts of the world. And, yes, there are a number of holdouts, but there are still many, many areas in the world that, you know, even with the tariffs in place, we're, we're highly competitive. Um, but, you know, this uh, a vision of utopia uh, to where you have this free movement of product, you know, that the WTO kind of envisions, I mean, we're very, very, very far away from that. And we'll never, ever get there unless we deal with agriculture. And, you know, the, the, the lobby of agriculture in Europe, United States, and Japan is incredibly powerful. And, you know, it makes for this... Um, uh, uh, situation where you know, as as, a, as someone who analyzes this and reads this and looks at this and looks for solutions, you know, I, I love to be able to tell you what the problem is and then follow up with the solution. I don't see the solution. 
Well, you know what? Well, we're going to have to find a solution, but we're up against the break right now, Neil. Okay, man. And we're out of time. Oh, wow. But, uh... <laughs> We'll just have to follow up next week. We're going to follow up next week, but I'll tell you what. I like to have a discussion on Brazil because Brazil wants to export uh, ethanol, and they're up against a big problem in the United States with that. Well, there you and go. And that's agricultural. There you go. So we're going to we're going to follow up with that next week. Uh, Neil Asbury, where can they find you? Quick. Okay, man. Where can people find you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Thanks for the lead. Um, uh, visit my blog, Asbury's World. That's A-S-B-U-R-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D.com. And you'll read all about these things, including what we just talked about. Well, that's terrific. And I wish you a very good and healthy weekend, Neil. We'll talk next week. You too, Rich. Take care, man. Bye. Uh, we're going to be right back after the break with uh, Nubi Elena uh, Medina, and we're going to be talking about uh, Doral, the Doral Business Council. And, you know, to a degree, I want to talk about um, Nubi Elena's uh, business because she's been in business for a long time, very successful uh, company. She's the principal of NMG. And uh, don't go anywhere because we're going to be right back on 1360 WKAT. This is Rich Rothman. Hello, I'm Ron Brummett, the president of the Miami Rescue Mission and the Broward Outreach Centers. And I'm Marilyn Brummett, the Director of Community Development. We're here to announce the winner of our June contest to promote our upcoming Christmas in July event to reach out to the homeless and needy of Miami.